Alva Soret of the New York Islanders and a former member of the USA Hockey Team. And you are listening to the Half Court Press Podcast. Hi there, it's Tommy Alexander from UHC Hamburg and Scotland. You are listening to the Half Court Press Podcast. I am Orville McTaggart from Jamaica, a representative of Circle Circle Hockey Club. And you are listening to the Half Court Press. Stay tuned, stay Stay listening and keep working with Mr. McLeod. Excellent interview and excellent job you're doing. I'm Oreo Galano of Serbiton Hockey Club. This is the Half Court Press Podcast. Give it a listen. Let's go. Verbals from the Goalkeeper is the ninth series from the Half Court Press Podcast. Here, we celebrate all things to do with goalkeeping in the sport of hockey. Across all of the episodes, we will hear from a variety of keepers who tell us about their careers, experiences, and thoughts on this unique position. Your presenter is Theo McLeod. This is Andre Boyce of the Barbados national team, New York Islanders, and the Baltimore All-Stars. Thanks for listening to Half Court Press Podcast. And welcome back to the Half Court Press Podcast, Goalkeeping Specials. We're here with a friend of the show, Andre Boyce, captain of the Barbadian men's hockey team. How are you doing, Andre? I'm pretty good. Pretty good today. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. For those of the listeners who perhaps are new to the podcast, can you give a little introduction to yourself and who you are and who you play for? Okay. My name is Andre Boyce. Um, if you've been listening to the other podcasts, I think that this is my third one now. Um, 38 years old, I reside in Barbados right now. I lived in New York for about four years. I've been playing hockey for about 20 years, good 20 years. And I've had, I've, I've had a very good time, good experiences, met good people on that long journey. Uh, hoping to take it on for a, a couple more years. I mean, the veterans now, and I'm actually enjoying veterans a little bit more. But you're still the the captain of the of the of the national A team as well, aren't you? Yeah. Um, up to our last tournament, I was the captain. Um, we were supposed to have a Panam Challenge tournament in Peru last year, but because of COVID, uh, cancelled. So, just looking forward to the next tournament. Just trying to keep fit, you know, keep my mind into it, and see where it goes from there. You. So you're the goalkeeper and the captain to the outdoor 11 side team? Yes, I am. Are you also the goalkeeper for the indoor team? Yes, I am. I just had a look at the FIH rankings. Uh, as of February the 2nd, 2021, you are above the USA, Ireland, Wales in the rankings and just one place below uh, England. Uh, that's good to hear. Um, I don't know if it's just probably because we played a more recent um, tournament than them. I think our last tournament was in 2018 or 2017. I'm not sure if they played since then, but that could be the reason. I'm not sure, but I'll take that. <laughs> so what have been your successes and challenges in, in hockey? Uh, successes. I would, I would have to say the experiences that I've had um, all the different countries I've been to, the different cultures, um, seeing what, you know, for example, being in Santo Domingo in 2003, 
I would have given a youngster a cap just as a souvenir when they went back in 2006, he had that same cap. Um, he just valued that cap based on what his brother told me, he valued that cap. Uh, seeing the conditions that, you know, they lived in, you know, you get to come back home to Barbados and actually appreciate what you really have. You could actually spread those stories and hope that it touches someone else. Um, success is another success would probably be the captain of the national team. Um, when I first started hockey, it wasn't nowhere in my vision thinking that I would ever captain any national team, you know, and to get to that level, you know, the respect that I get from my teammates, past players, coaches, yeah, I, I, uh, fans, you know, my family who've supported me along the way, my wife, you know, she's my biggest critic, always tells me, you know, why don't I just slow down a little bit in terms of, you know, rushing out. You know, my, my kids, my son actually loves to see me play, or my daughter. Um, it's just, you know, it's just all in all something to look forward to, you know, every time I put on my kit, even playing for my club. You know, it's just joy. I just enjoy playing the sport. And I find that when you enjoy doing something, you most of the time you get the best out of yourself. Um, on the low key, you know, is right now, as you all know, COVID pretty much hit the world. Um, for me, at 38 years old, I need to keep going. Just need to keep going, need to keep playing. Um, obviously, I wasn't able to do that, but what I do is I try to keep training. You know, hockey is a mental thing, for, especially for goalkeepers. Um, another low, low point for me was obviously injuries. I used to do a lot of 5K running and used to wear the same shoes all the time, not thinking that, you know, the cushioning in the shoes was important. And it would have played a toll on my knees. And at some stage throughout my career so far, um, I would have had to have, you know, MRIs done on my knees. And all now, uh, every day I need to be taking joint care just to make sure that I keep everything nice and loose and well moist. Um, I've had one or two concussions already. Um, it wasn't fun, but I've recovered from them. And I had good doctors on my side, the national team, the medical team that took care of me during those times you know it was a scary experience but at the end of the day I'm still here to talk about it I could still play the hockey and any sport you can get injured so I'm grateful and thankful for the medical team that took care of me when I was down and out mentally and physically yeah so that's I guess I would say some of the downfalls so your, your wife I believe plays for the the Barbadian women's team, doesn't she? Yes, she is the striker. Um, she's, she's pretty fast. Um, she's not a bet like me. She's, she just turned 35. And looking forward to play with her in the bets, against her in the bets league. She's never scored a goal on me. Um, <laughs> and one thing too, I, I was pretty fast before I started playing hockey. And... I always get around all the coaches. always say, you know, they want to see me and her run a race. But honestly, I would say out there, no, she is faster than me, but we've never raced to see who's really the faster one. So there's no proof to it. So I can always say, you know, we never race to see who's the faster one. Just down the hall to the toilet when you're in the morning, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been a goalkeeper? When did you come um, out? I have started goalkeeping um, in 1999. 
I used to play cricket before I used to play football. Uh, as I said earlier, when I was probably now joining secondary school around the age of 11, 12, I was a pretty decent athlete. And I remember when we were when I was 16, that's when I was really into cricket. And I was a pretty good fielder. I wasn't best bowler. I used to bowl like bricks. Um, but some of them used to go for sixes. And it was a too pretty and uh, cricket standard. And batting, I just used to see the ball and hit the ball. I really had no technique in terms of backing across and playing ball, the right technique. Um, myself and the coach at that time, he made a statement that I wasn't too keen on. As a youngster, I felt really bad about the statement and I decided I was just finished with it. And the evening after school, because my mom thought I was at school, still playing cricket or training cricket, but I was just at school, just chilling. Uh, one of my friends, Brian Davis, um, came to me and asked me if I wanted to play hockey because they had a game that evening and they were short. So I said, you know, I'm not doing anything, so I could as well just go and try it. And I uh, went to the first game. Didn't know do no Indian dribbles. All I could have done was start the ball. He told me that's all I need to do, start the ball and shoot the ball. And I did that and scored three girls, three goals in my first game. Uh, the next morning, I was my name was mentioned on the platform at school. And that's where it pretty much took off as a striker. Um, goalkeeping now. I was at the Banks Hockey Festival, was it? Yes, the Banks Hockey Festival against CMU Islanders. And we did not have a keeper. And my coach asked me if I wanted to go keep till the, until the goalkeeper got there. And I just put on the pads because, yes, I'm starting now. I'm going to be a starter. Any opportunity I had to be a starter, I was going to take it. And I guess the rest is history. I had a very good game, very, very good game. I remember we won that game 1-0. And Alva, who was mentioned in the um, New York series, I remember he because he had a metal stick. And whenever he hit the ball, you always used to hear ping, ping all the time. So that's why I could never, ever forget that first game too. Um, and then the rest is history, as I said. You know, the coach said after that game that I would never, ever play out of the goal bar again. And, How old were you? Yeah. Um, I think that was probably around 17, 17 then that I um, played goalkeeper for the first time. And then I made the junior team the following year. Because I guess it was just a, a little bit of everything, all the other sports I would have played, the basketball came into part, the cricket, the football. And it was just a matter of just pretty much learning the technique of goalkeeping, you know, getting your head over the ball and, pushing, saving away from the actual player so he would get back a, a, a rebound shot. So it's just a matter of understanding the game then. So had, had you played in goal in any, in any other sports? Were you, were you a football goalkeeper? Were you uh, a guard in basketball? Were you a wicketkeeper in cricket? No. In cricket, I used to feel that point. Point was one of those positions that you needed to have very good reflexes. And I think that was probably, you know, one of the reasons that goalkeeping was pretty good for me because when I saw the glove on my hand, it was like, there's no way that I can actually miss a ball with this big glove when I'm catching balls at, at cricket in point. Even if I drop the ball in point, you know, my hand is still on it. For them. So with this big glove on my hand, there's no way that I was going to let that ball miss my hand. 
So you, you reckon that the cricket has helped help your hand-eye coordination? It's helped. Yeah, for yeah, sure, for sure, for sure. Even in the Caribbean, we play a lot of cricket in the road. So on the evenings when you come home from school, you make sure you do your homework if you have homework. Some guys just came straight outside and you just put some stumps in the road and you know you just run, you know, throw, you know, you just play. Even picking some fruits like like mangoes, we throw um, rocks at mango so that actually helps you to yeah, you know imagine you putting the ball at a, or throwing the ball at a stump so all of that came into you know into the hockey and I guess made it a little bit easier for me to understand it's just a matter of getting the technique together. See, I, I'm, I'm a sports coach football hockey and a conversation that I've been having a quite a bit over the last couple of years has been the difference between organised training, like very, very sort of uh, regulated coaching sessions and, and, and allowing and providing the opportunity for, for kids who have disorganised sports. It, I've interviewed a few people from the Caribbean, Kimar Mitchell, yourself, who've been saying... That, that, that disorganized learning environment that was actually really, really helpful for them in their sporting career later on? Yeah. As I think for me, um, even when I try to do the organized coaching or, or being coached organized, it was, it was a little difficult for me to grasp because I, it, it didn't come like second nature for me. So I remember my first... When I first got to the senior um, seniors, um, I had a very good playing coach, or should I say a partner. He was the number one goalkeeper at the time, Mr. Paul Ennis, a.k.a. Cheese. Um, to this day, the drills that he put me through, it was hard in the beginning because obviously, you know, I had to learn technique and structure. And he told me that I had raw talent. But in the end of the day, you know, you need to be able to do the things the right way. And my first couple of sessions, it was pretty hard to, to grasp and, and understand. But then after you get, you know, the gist of what he was telling me, it came pretty easy. And to this day, some of the drills that I do, he always had this thing to never, ever give up, never, ever give up. You know, keep going, keep going. And you find when you train hard like that, that when you get into the game situation, it comes so easy. Like it's almost like you want more shots to come. Like I see defender, oh let him come and take another. Because when you in the moment, you in the moment. When I'm in the moment, I'm in the moment. So what balance do you think is important there between the, the disorganized learning just for fun environment that, that, that kids go through a lot in schools and the and out? And, and, pl and playgrounds. Mm -hmm. How much of that compared to the more organized, directed coaching sessions are needed? What's the correlation there? Uh, well, I think in, in all essence, I think you should have a, a good base. I think be, having a good base is the most important thing. Every individual is going to be different. And then everybody is, going to, is not going to be able to, to perform the same way, to think the same way. So it would you obviously have to tweak it a little bit for certain individuals, but I think having a good base for me is the most important thing. 
uh, a level head and also just understanding the reasons why you do certain things. I think that's the most important thing because you might tell a guy, this is a particular shot you make or make a particular save this particular way. But if he doesn't understand the reasoning for doing it, then he'll be out to sea all the time. So it's, it's always good to have some structure, but then with the raw talent, if it is that you can just have raw talent, then understand when to apply it, when to apply the whole structure. And I think you could be a very dangerous person, athlete, no matter who you are. Once you understand why you went and where, you'd be a very dangerous player. So what, what do you think makes a good goalkeeper? Um, for, for me, I could speak for me. Um, I think you need to have a level head. Um, you got to be calm in, in pressured situations. You can't be too frantic. And the next thing, the next team see you be in front of it and then they will take, take you apart. Goals will score. Your job is to try not to let the goal score, but you got to remember there's another player on another team that is actually practicing to score goals on you. So if a goal scores, I remember in my, young in my career, I, I thought I was invincible. And whenever a goal scored, I'll be down and out for probably like five minutes. A day. Kid you not, it could even be more, especially if it was a mistake. But you will make mistakes in life and everything. It's just what you do after that. So I give myself like a three second, probably five seconds. I don't mash up the goal, but I want to make you say, it's sticking to go bar really hard, I beat up my pads. But I just, you know, just talk to myself for that three to five seconds and then reset, go from there. So I think that makes you, that can make a really good goalkeeper. Also, when you communicate with your back four or back three, however, however style you're playing, if you communicate with your defenders really well, you may find yourself not even getting a shot in the game. That's based on your, your communication skills with them. So I think communicating, being a calm goalkeeper, you know, pressure situations, I think that is what, you know, brings you over the hill when when you're talking about being a good goalkeeper and then also being fit you need to be you need to be strong on your legs in, in your core and be ready for anything anything deflections pop shots you know if a defender makes a mistake you've got to be ready on, on top of your ball i i worked i worked with a coach um a few years ago it was a football coach and he, he said to me the sign of a good goalkeeper is one who can organise the defence so that there is no shot at all taken yep that's exactly true that is I think that's almost like 90% true because I mean there are going to be times that you might organise your defence the best they might be listening to you listening to you might probably have a whole season whereby you know, you've, you've got the least amount of goals are conceded in the least amount of goals, but be that one time where the ball pops up and hits a foot, goes on the stick. So in the end of the day, although you did the communication aspect properly by having your defense ready, you still got to be ready for any mistake that can occur. The referee may miss a call. You still got to be ready. So in the end of the day, the goalkeeper still has to protect his home, which is the goal bar. So what, what, does, what does your training regime look like? How do you get better? How do you improve yourself? 
uh, as I said before, I started as a, a striker. And being a striker, you get to see what is actually open or what, um, what part of the bar is actually open based on positioning, based on whatever situation you find. So for me now, being a goalkeeper, I was able to put my eyes in the striker's eyes and say, you know what, if he's here, he's probably seeing this. So I think that worked a little bit to my advantage as in being a striker, then switching over to be a goalkeeper. Um, what routines do you go through, though? What routines I go through? Normally, it starts the night before, whenever I have a game. I, it might not even be a game. It could be a practice session, but more in games. I would make sure my, go bag is my gear bag is packed. Even in terms of my gloves, my inners, um, my helmet, everything must be packed a particular way without superstition. And I go through this there all the time, you know, the, the shirt I'm going to wear, the water bottle. I have a nutmeg spray that has to, has to go into my kit bag because when I'm finished, I need to spray it on with this nutmeg spray. And when I get to the field, I need to get to the field probably like an hour or you know, in Barbados, sometimes with time we lapse a little bit because sometimes they may even go down to half an hour, 20 minutes. Yes, 20 minutes. But I need to take a nice little lap, get my mind into the game, um, try to think of a good game that I had in the past and listen to some music. Sometimes I listen to Marshall Montano, uh, some um, Bob Marley, depending on how pressured the game might be. I have some movies that I do watch also. Is a, a movie that I watched, uh, The Miracle. It was a USA ice hockey team, I think, in the 60s Olympics. Uh, pretty much a team that came from nowhere. Some guys that were not the best players in the country, but they made it to the finals in the Olympics in the USA, and they actually beat the Russians. I think it was the Russians. Uh, that is a big motivating picture for me. I, I just watched that before every big while I play for the country. Uh, when I get into the bar, you know, put on my gear the same way, like a nice warm-up, excuse me, a nice warm-up, pretty much the same way. Um, get my ladders in for working, um, get my hand-eye coordination in, and then put on my kit, go in the bar, take a couple of shots. This will be at club level and then get ready for the game. Recently, you were working alongside Tommy Alexander, the Scotland goalkeeper. Yeah. Who was also on this series later on. Uh, how were you working together? What, what, what were you working on together? Uh, so Tommy came to Barbados. Um, that would have been, I'm not sure what month, but when I think I met up with him just before, that would have been November. And my coach, one of my coaches, Dave Cox, would have called me and told me he's here and he would like to do some work with the junior and senior goalkeepers. Um, so when we first met up, he had three of the younger goalkeepers in the morning session and then he had three of the senior keepers in the evening session. Um, he brought a different dynamic and style and understanding to hockey goalkeeping that through all of my years of goalkeeping that I would have never known. Um, He's very short and small in nature, but he's very agile. And only after 
meeting him, I just went on Google and saw the reflect saves that the reflect saves that he made. Um, he's always at, in control of the circle, and it just he just prove it just proves that you know size doesn't matter. Um, his training sessions were were pretty dynamic, and he had a reason for everything that he did, and he explained it, and he even showed it. Um, a lot of these saves that he made, that we were making, were a lot of wrong saves, clearing balls, you know, or or keeping our core tight, because we never used to really focus too much on keeping it tight, and then, you know, following through the ball. There were certain things that he actually, you know, spoke about, but it's true in training and then game situations, which was good, which was needed because, as I said, it, there lost a lot of stuff that I've learned in that probably two months that he was here, and he wanted to do some more sessions, but because of COVID, the country was closed down, shut down, so we couldn't we couldn't do more. But I do keep in contact with him since he went back. We've been speaking on more than one occasion. So he's very, very unique in his way. Yeah, I, I spoke to Tommy uh, a few days ago. Uh, and he was saying he, he quite enjoyed working with you guys as well. He, he found it quite inspirational working with the uh, most capped international player for, Bar for Barbados. Yeah. So I was actually told, um, probably like in December, one of my club mates, Mr. Jeffrey Webb, he told me that he actually has probably the same amount of caps as me, or probably one or two more than me. So I'm one of the highest caps. I'm probably not the highest, but if I do make the next tournament, then I will definitely pass in. <laughs> so you're hanging on. You're not, you're, not, you're not retiring just yet then? No, I can't. I got too close. The, the end is near, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So once God... It's with me, you know, once I can remain injury-free. I and I'm selected, I should say. That's the most important thing because I have to train and do the same regime as everyone else. Uh, when I get there, I'll do what I have to do. We were talking about height. I mean, Tom, Tommy Alexander, the Scotland goalkeeper, is about, it's about my height. I'm about five foot eight. I think he's about the same height as me. How tall are you, Andre? I'm about six foot one. Just about. How does how does your height affect the style of, of your play? Do you think you you goalkeeper differently to shorter goalkeepers? I think shorter goalkeepers obviously know that they need to cover more of the goal bar. Um, so balls are going into the corners. They need to probably take two or three steps to get to it. Whereby I could just take one. And it all comes with, you know, the drills that you're doing in terms of reflexes and, you know, how when to jump into a save and timing the ball when it comes off of the striker's stick, judging the speed of the ball in the air, all that comes into play. But every goalkeeper is different. Some, like Tommy, will keeps very close on the line because he knows he's that fast and he could get across and he's very agile. Uh, for me, I go keep a little bit off the line because I know once they come out, the further I come out, I think my reflexes are pretty decent, not as fast as before. But the more, the further I come out, the less of the goal bar the striker can see. So, yes, everybody's different based on height, size. I've seen some guys that are taller than me, 
or keeping on the line is the guy from Holland, right? Uh, he actually go keeps on the line and he's very good at it. So everybody's different. So it's yes, your preference. Now, Tommy Alexander, he was denied uh, a contract with uh, Great Britain Hockey uh, because the coach at the time said he was too short to save short corners. Mm -hmm. uh, he then went off to Germany to play professionally and set a record over there for short corner saves. Do, do, how much do you think height has to do with the intricacies of the set pieces and so forth? Do you find... Do you find yeah you have a certain style because of your height for for short corners? You find you think it's easier reaching that corner? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. And then obviously basketball and cricket, as I said before, basketball you actually had to jump to try to block guys and you know being low to play defense, you had to be in that position already playing defense. And then with cricket, you always got to be watching the ball, even as a batsman, you got to be watching the ball from the when the ball leaves the bowler's hand and you're batting, you need to be watching, make sure the ball connects to the bat the right way. And then when you're fielding, you don't know where the ball is going to be coming. So you always got to be ready. So we goalkeepers do a lot of reflexives, deflections. I think deflection drills actually help out a lot with your hand-eye coordination. And then you just need to know and trust, trust yourself. You know, when the ball's going up in the corner, just go after it. You know, 90% of the time, once you getting the right um, training, it will come easy with like second nature, just breathing. So the training is very important. I think training is, I told my son up to this morning that the more you train, the better you will become once you train the right way. So once you train the right way, it will become like second nature. So you are you are an international outdoor keeper for the living size national team. You are, you are also an international indoor goalkeeper. For Barbados, yeah. Are there differences in in the in goalkeeping between the two variations? Yeah. Um, honestly, when I first started with the indoor, it wasn't the best showing as I would have told you all in my past um, interview. I didn't like indoor because the ball was moving so fast, and like outdoor, now you have more time to react, you have more time to be out of the game. You have moments when by somebody times the ball is not even close to you. But indoor, you're always in the game. Always, always in the game. And once again, once you have good communication with your back, back I guess in indoor it could be back too. Uh, once you get that together, you know, you'll find that even making saves in indoor, what we used to do that I learned in New York, it was like a triangle. And the goalkeeper will always be the point of the triangle. So if I came up to the top of the circle, I have a defender to my left and to my right. So if they try to slip it, uh, my defender either way will be picking up that pass. And we'll move around the whole perimeter like that. And that was just the style that I had in New York, which helped me when I came back home to Barbados. Um, I would have tried to talk to some of my teammates and show them that particular style. Um, it's a style that's used a lot. But I think that that is what helped me be a very good um, or successful indoor goalkeeper. Can outdoor that, was, go ahead. Can that triangle, can that be transferred to outdoor hockey? Yeah, it could be. It could be. 
but the circle is so big in outdoor. So if you try that in outdoor as in to meet the defender at the top of the circle, and let's say it's a, a two on one or three on one, you you might you might be you might find yourself in trouble. So it's better to do it in a smaller space because it's, you don't have to cover so much area. In indoor, the, the, the circle is, or the bar is small already. And then you can only shoot within a certain area. So if I know I'm beat, if I'm beaten on the left or the right, just coming back at a particular angle, I should be able to save the shot or at least touch the shot or make the, the, the shot a little bit harder for the striker taking it. Who have been the best keepers, goalkeepers that you played with or trained with? Uh, without a doubt, because of his regime and how hard he trained Mr. Paul Ennis, I mentioned earlier, aka Cheese, he was probably one of the best goalkeepers I've trained with. Um, when I made the New York, the indoor New York team, um, there's this keeper that had goalkeeper for the USA. Um, he was, he actually took the time to, to teach me uh, what he learned throughout the years because obviously that would have been my first year, or, uh, that was my first big tournament playing in New York when we would have played um, teams from DC, Maryland, Boston. Um, every weekend we would have played the best players in those states. And you, you didn't really have a big practice session. So it's really and truly when you get to the games, there's a lot of raw talent, guys that had the experience. So he would have sat down and spoken to me a lot. Um, John O'Hara, he was one of the guys that introduced me to my first pair of oboe kit because when I went to New York, I had a, a, a set normal black, but then he introduced me to the pretty colored acid wash kit. I will never forget that. It was very, very pretty. I went to my first senior tournament in that pretty kit. And I felt, I felt, you know, as a youngster, you like those pretty colors. Um, he, he was, and I understand he was a very good goalkeeper back in his heyday. Right now, the, the goalkeeper from Argentina, I watch him a lot. He has some age, but he's very good. They normally, Argentina normally goes to tournaments with just one goalkeeper, so they back him to do what he's supposed to do. And then there's an older goalkeeper also from India. I think India has a similar style to Barbados. Very skillful players, and they're fit. And he's very fit, nimble, and he makes a lot of good saves. So who have been the best goalkeepers that, that, that you've played against? Uh, that same goalkeeper from Argentina, I played against him in a Panam friendly game. He didn't get a shot, but I remember trophy tournaments, I think Argentina would have won that Panam. Um, he was very good, very, very good. I, I follow him on IG. Can't remember his name right now to tell the truth, but he's very good. You know, his training routine is different. And He's not stopping. Age is just a number. I'm seeing LeBron doing it every night in the NBA. So any person tells me about age and stuff, I know some of my teammates call me the grandfather on the team. And, but I just take that and laugh about it and run with it because I find the older that I got, the more calm-headed I got when it, come to, when it came to goalkeeping. So is this 
Juan Manuel Vivaldi. Yes, that's him. That is him. Born 17th of July, 1979, according yeah, to... He's yeah. actually older. He's actually older than me. You think he's like 40-something, 41? He's 41 and a half, apparently. Yeah. yeah. He's still playing. And so yeah. that gives me hope. That gives me inspiration other than going, other than playing for my country and enjoying traveling and and trying to achieve, you know, the achievement, being one of the highest caps players for Barbados. Age is just a number. You know, I'll just, just put it to that. I just keep going and keep going because I know if I stop now it's probably 90-95% that I won't be able to start back and continue. Well that date was taken off Wikipedia so it might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's possibly <laughs> wrong. So last time we, we spoke you, you said that you were quite a fan of uh, the FIH Pro League. Are you still a fan? Are you still thinking it's yeah. Yeah, I'm still a fan of it. I'm not, obviously, because of COVID, hockey has died down a lot. But sometimes I do find myself just keeping back at some games just to really keep my mind into it. And some games I might be just watching, just analyze the reason why some goalkeepers made that particular save. Because you find as a goalkeeper, you get to analyze other goalkeepers to try to find their weaknesses and I actually challenge myself doing that now just to make sure that I keep on top of my game. Last question. Mm -hmm. No problem. Why is the hockey goalkeeper the most important person on the pitch? Simple. Goalkeepers need to save the, save the goals. Uh, pretty much need to be that calm-headed person to talk to, to the back four. Goalkeepers can actually see the entire field ahead of them. So very importantly, that's where the communication aspect comes in. Um, having a good goalkeeper on a team can actually win you a tournament. Defense wins tournaments. I mean, forwards are forwards can actually win a game, um, but offense can actually win a game, but defense can win tournaments. I remember hearing, hearing that saying around for so many years. And the whole slogan of being a goalkeeper, I think Obo's slogan is goalkeepers are amazing people. You generally at top, you often hear that we are madmen. But if you really think about it, we are madmen. <laughs> My first experience of saying hockey, I remember seeing the goalkeeper taking shots and I was like, what sort of man, no matter what? amount of protection he has on would let somebody shoot a hard ball at him and he just stands up in the bar and tries to save it. And look at where he ended up inside the goal bar. But as I said, once you have the passion and you enjoy doing what you do, yeah, you can get some injuries, but you can also get injuries by just walking outside and something's missing and hitting you. You, know? you can get injuries anywhere. So such is life. So I just found myself in the pad. And you just do what you got to do once you love and you have the passion for it. You just do what you got to do. Andre Boyce of the Barbadian Men's National Hockey Team. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me once again. Uh, 
all the best and just keep safe out there, you know, people hoping about something. This has been a Half Court Press production by Teo McLeod.